Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. this turned down what's going on everybody it's your boy a double and you're now tuned into episode 53 of do rags and boat shoes uh much love and respect to everybody who listened to uh the couple of episodes last week uh episode uh, area 51 and episode 52 uh i dropped 52 over uh, on saturday um just because uh like i said the the wife was out of town and i really didn't have anything lined up my friends were busy and uh, it was pretty much me and uh, Boo Chains, my dog, a.k.a. Bucci LaFlair, um, a.k.a. Uh, Boo Bradford. So we just hung out watching Nebraska game. And shout out to them for going uh, 7-0 right now. And uh, Ohio State loss. So, uh, yeah, so the Big Ten shall be interesting. Uh, I believe next week we got Wisconsin. Uh, that'll be, uh, well, actually this Saturday we got Wisconsin. So that'll be a huge game. And, uh, yeah, it'll really test us like the Oregon game did. I think the Oregon game really, uh, you know, pushed us to the to where we need to be and, you know, got us over that hump to keep thriving, you know, uh, over the next few games. So, uh, yeah, like I said, just shout out to them. Much love and respect. So uh, first things first, let's go ahead and uh, put some images up on that summer jam screen and uh see what sticks see if we get some cheers or some jeers so first thing i really want to talk about is uh the walking dead um i don't know how many people still watching it because i know i was kind of pissed off about you know how he was killing off the black male characters off on the show you know making them look a lot weaker than they were in the comic book like severely weaker and uh you know but they got me hooked back in with negan coming on and uh I was uh, I knew uh, what was going to happen uh, because I read an article that said that season seven would follow the comic book a lot closer. So uh, Negan, you know, he played his little eeny, meeny, miny, mo catch a nigger by. So I mean a tiger. I'm sorry, but the original song is, you know, it was a slave catcher theme, you know, that the uh, Patty Rollers used to sing. But uh, anyway, he played his little game and he, he duffed off Abraham. Uh, Abraham, I was, he was taking it like a champ though, but it's, uh, you know it's a show when you will s stay there on your knees getting hit in the head with a bat, a barbed wire bat, which was crazy, but Daryl being the OG that he was, you know, after Abraham was killed, he was, you know, still disrespecting Abraham's ex-girlfriend, I forgot the, the Latina's lane, uh, you know, trying to make her, you know, look at the bat and shit like that, he ran up and duffed him you know hit him with a little right hook and then uh that caused glenn to die so glenn got fucked up you know everybody predicted that because glenn died in the comic books the same way and uh it was just wow it was brutal to watch because he knocked the shit out of him his eyes started bulging out of his head and 
It was brutal to watch. I had to turn away a little bit. But when he uh, said, I will find you, Maggie, uh, to his wife, that was that was heartbreaking because I'm just like, shit. I mean, as soon as he would have, you know, said, I seen that first swing coming down because he swung it down like an axe. I'm rolling. I'm getting hit in the shoulder or something. I mean, y'all gonna have to shoot me with a bullet or something. Y'all gonna have to snuff me out. You know, I can't go out, you know, with my hands tied behind my back getting beat in the head with a barbed wire bat. But that's how you know it's a TV show. But uh, it was gruesome to watch. Um, he really broke Rick down. Like, he broke him all the way down. Like, broke him down to, like, childlike state to, like, season one he broke Rick down. Because Rick... You know, pretty much turned into shame. You know, you know these last couple seasons, just ruthless, just knowing that hey, I need to protect my group at all costs, and I need to be cutthroat. But Shane was like that in season one, though, just off rip. Even when you know the main focus was you know the zombies and finding shelter. Now that these communities start building, you know, you see Rick get harder and tougher. You know, building up through these seasons, especially in five and six. Um, when he became more Shane like, but Shane was like that off the rip. And then they, you know, they off Shane, uh, him and Coral. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what's going on in this season. Um, you know, you got Carol and uh, Morgan. They're part of, I forgot the group's name, but uh, they're going to be with that King Ezekiel cat, the brother with the dreads, um, who this, they actually put the fucking pet tiger in the show. So you saw in the previews. Of him sitting there on his little throne with a fucking pet tiger so this is the season is going to be wild so you know something worth watching it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out with you know these added characters like morgan and uh you know as far as you know maybe he'll rise up in the ranks you know and come back you know unless he gets out of that community with ezekiel because those guys have a you know they have a weird uh ritual that they sneak off and do which is gonna raise some red flags i ain't gonna give out that spoiler but um the reason i'm bringing that up is uh you know it's just important like if you have a business or if you want to create something or you're in a business for yourself um or even just going through life you really want to kind of pay attention to uh the past and what people did in the past to succeed to succeed and things of that sorts and I'm connecting it with the, uh, the Walking Dead because if you remember from last season, everybody's trying to guess, you know, who did Negan kill. And, uh, you know, it's just crazy over the whole summer up until, you know, the 23rd of October to the season premiere. Uh, people were talking about it left and right. You know, who, who the fuck did it? You know, you know, was it? Because I was thinking it's either Glenn or Daryl. Because Daryl isn't even in the comic books, on, and he's more of Rick's right-hand man than Glenn, because Glenn was close to him in the comic book. Um, you know, kind of having that Daryl position, if it wasn't uh, my man T, you know, uh, the brother with the hammer, but they made him go out like a bitch. You know, that, that fucked with me so much, because the dude was a beast in the comic books. Like, he was, like how Daryl is a badass on the show, that's how T was, and not T-Dog. Um... <clears throat> T-Dog didn't even exist in the comics But um, just how uh, Daryl was a badass in the show Is how uh, the brother uh, uh, Ty was in um, the comic books You know he was just a man With the hammer he couldn't shoot for shit But you know he was the man with the hammer He beat the shit out of them zombies And people too if they had it coming So um But I say that to say this um, 
there was that big, you know, who did Negan kill with the bat, you know, da 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 da, and it goes back to uh, Dallas, the old TV show Dallas. Um, they kind of took a page out of Dallas book with the whole who shot Jr. Uh, thing. And if you don't know about Dallas, Dallas was actually before my time. Uh, this uh, this season premiered. That season premiered. Uh, what was it 79 80 something around that late 70s early 80s um but it was an episode where somebody shot this villainous oil tycoon on the show called dallas it was a sitcom uh, well a drama uh show that came on in the on cbs and uh so at the end of one season in the season three uh pretty much somebody shot him you know let off two rounds in his office and you know and then it doesn't show who did it so the whole summer people are like who shot jr that's all they talking about you know on the t in the tv guide and uh and uh on the um on tv shows and things of that source talk shows and people was running around with t-shirts that said i shot jr and uh or who shot jr and uh it was one of the biggest uh, the season season premiere that showed who shot the man Jr. the villain from Dallas uh, was the, is actually the second highest rated show ever for the Nielsen ratings. I think something like 83 million people watched that episode or something, something wild like that. And you know, back then everybody had to have them those Nielsen boxes, like they had select households. You know, they recorded what you actually watched and things like that and people i think either got a free subscription to tv guide or they got paid for it and it basically tracked what you watch so today what they do is they track um hashtags and social media followings and things of that sort so a lot more people are included because a lot of black folks didn't have those nielsen rating boxes but you know walking dead the creators of walking dead the writers and things of that sort pretty much took a page out of you know uh, dallas's book so to build that hype and to do all that other stuff um so you know I, that's just an example that i really wanted to give you guys about you know looking back to the past and um you know looking at other people's triumphs and failures and you know soaking in that uh that wisdom from where they failed at or where they succeeded at and how you can take it to the next step you know um walking dead really um captivated you know the social media audience you know by holding votes you know who do you think got killed um you know little teasers and things like that just kind of you know feeding the public and you know back in the 80s or the late 70s when the who shot jr thing they did the same thing but with with print you know print ads and tv guide and you know uh television shows and talk shows and things of that sort and uh so it's just something where because i know a lot of times with uh young black folks i know a lot of us do this um we don't be trying to hear shit that somebody in our industry you know has done or uh has failed at we don't want to soak in that game and listen to them like a lot of these rappers you know they don't reach back and um you know talk to the ogs and uh you know the people who created this because i mean you look at um like i talked about a few episodes before with the nigga lil yachty was talking about uh you don't need a hot 16 and you know fuck all these old niggas and shit like that and then you can even go further back when you looked at soldier boy and his beef with ice t you know ice t didn't understand it. he was like what the fuck is this bullshit and everybody's like oh just give it a chance give it a chance but now you see you know that 
you know, Lil Yachty cites Soldier Boy as one of his influences, and you can see that there. But what people are, you know, what these OGs were saying, you know, is just respect the craft. You know, you got to respect all aspects of it, you know, from tagging to breaking to uh, the DJ to the MC. And the MC is the youngest of them all, you know. But if you come in on that mic, you better come correct. You know, it's all about putting together, you know, a dope song, dope lyrics with a dope beat. Now you just have a dope beat with a catchy hook. The hooks don't even be fired. They're just catchy. You know, it's just like they go to the melody part of the song, just humming the melody. And then they just plug some old bullshit words in there and tell the, you know, conveying a message. And then a lot of times, you know, uh, at these concerts and things like that, um, you know, you'll see a white artist you know, bring out somebody like Taylor Swift was bringing out like older acts, you know, like Nelly and shit like that, you know, who was running the 2000s, you know, the early 2000s, and he was just setting the crowd on fire. Now, with me, you know, if I was out here still rapping and doing my thing and made it big, um, you know, I would be having, if it was like a 50 state tour or 50 city tour, you know what I'm saying, and every hot act that was hot, you know, I bring them in to open for me, you know, being out in uh, Chicago, you know, I would, uh, you know, do something, you know, maybe have somebody like Twister or Common open up, you know what I'm saying? Or um, just to get some some shit jumping, you know, just have uh, shit. I would even have like Adina Howard out there just doing her thing just because the shit is funky. You know what I'm saying? It's just reaching back. And, you know, just telling those guys, thank you for paving the way for me instead of being so damn, um, you know, ungrateful. You know what I'm saying? And so a lot of times um, we just be like, I ain't trying to hear these old niggas and these old niggas just 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 ranting and all this other stuff. But a lot of times, you know, if you do have somebody dropping jewels, you know, you 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 learn the hard way. You know, it's um, it's like when. uh it's like when your big brother is talking to you trying to tell you some shit and you ain't trying to hear it you know what i'm saying and then you go up you go and you do your own thing and you fuck up and then your brother's like nigga what the fuck did i tell you you know what i'm saying it's one of those things and you could avoid it the whole pitfall but uh some people they just don't want to learn you know from an og you know or from an old head they just they don't really want to soak in that knowledge uh, to go even further in life you know a lot of times you know uh, a young a young boy will make a mistake and then you start telling him about it oh yeah I know I know I know and you like well I'm I know you know what you did wrong but let's you know how do we move forward and correct this I'm about to tell you that you know but if you try to drop some jewels and hold a mirror up to them they, you know they they want to just shun you like no 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 I know I know well if you knew you know what I'm saying you want to did it in the first place you know what I'm saying and then on top of that you know a lot of times you're gonna start making the same mistakes and the same pitfalls you know so anytime i come across a young brother i always try to you know drop some jewels on him so he won't become a victim of the system that we have in place you know just giving him a little bit of game just how to maneuver in this corporate world um you know especially a lot of times when these uh these stores i'll be delivering it like if there's like a young black manager and things like that or just you know uh you know a guy just pushing carts you know, one of these grocery stores that I'm delivering to, you know, I'll chop up game with them a little bit, you know, uh, plant some seeds in them and, you know, just tell them how to, you know, stick and move and pick their battles wisely, you know, when they're uh, going through some things. Because they're always going to encounter, you know, some uh, bigoted ass boss. You're always going to encounter that. You're going to uh, encounter some uh, some woman, uh, 
older woman is sexualizing you you know you will encounter that you know not all the time but you will um you know you'll have that uh that that white male boss that's threatened by you by your masculinity so he'll always try to have you doing degrading tasks and shit like that or you always uh come across uh some older black woman who's a coon who's a mammy who always wants to you know put you on front street you know in front of the, the in front of the management you know she's always like oh adrian you done came back from break four minutes late you know we gotta do this that and the third you know saying it all loud and shit you know and it's just like yo i was just taking a shit you know on my break like what the fuck you know and uh so you're always going to encounter those type of people you know somebody who's threatened by your masculinity somebody who's uh you know have you like over sexualizing you you know that's usually when you have like a white female boss and then you're gonna have you know the mammy or you're gonna have a, a old coon you know who's gonna tell you that too an old black man who's gonna put you on front street because he feels threatened that you're gonna take his job but y'all in the same damn position you know what i'm saying so um so you're always gonna encounter that on the job but you know i just say that to my young folks that you know just listen you know if somebody's in the same industry you know as you or somewhere where you need to where you aspire to be you know just listen just shut up and listen just soak it in and the older that i got like especially you know in my uh my mid-20s i really just started to just shut the fuck up and listen you know and i'm glad i caught that early you know i i learned to just you know just shut up because because i've always been a reader always read uh, self-help books motivating books strategy books and uh you know just how to maneuver through life but you know these these authors you know you can read it but you still need to hear it from somebody who's been through it so you know around 24 25 is when i really started you know just kind of listening to you know ogs and just just soaking up how to move through life and i wish i would have done it earlier you know but i really didn't have anybody like that i just had old niggas you know what i'm saying somebody who who just failed over and over you know who who would try to tell you stuff but you like nigga you a swerve like what the fuck are you trying to tell me but at the same time them old niggas you can sift through the bullshit and pick out the jewels you know what i'm saying so you know i just want people to just start you know listening to older folks um and then you know interpret it into your into your life you know especially if it's somebody who's doing better than you um if it's somebody who's had some past successes in their life you know so you got to differentiate between an old head and an old nigga you know an old nigga is just somebody who was just on that bullshit they whole life and you know they they just made it to the point where they this old head they're not an old head they're just an old nigga just you know shooting the shit and want to you know pass time you know but it's still at the same time like i said you can sift through the bullshit and pick out a jewel or two but sometimes them niggas just be wasting time but if you got somebody who's had successes in their life you know even if they're a failure now you know or took a pitfall you know listen to where they went wrong so you won't take that same pitfall so that's what we really need to start doing and a lot of cats my age you know the 30 plus crowd the 30 and up crowd they really need to start you know reaching back even if it's somebody just a year younger than you you still got that year of experience on them or you could have some more years experience you know because they could have been on that square shit their whole life you know believing in the matrix and all this other shit you just still need to drop jewels you know and you know just share some some wisdom with them um so that's the most important thing so you know that's how it kind of tied in 
The Walking Dead Dallas to you know current situations right now because I feel like a lot of us brothers, um, young brothers and young sisters, we really don't have you know too many mentors out there. So ladies, you know um, when you're getting your hair done, you know just kind of you know be quiet and listen you know um, to the old heads in there who's chopping again. Now, if it's some old welfare queen in there you know trying to show you how to get over on the state that's when you just you know you kind of throw your throw your ear pods in and kind of zone out but if it's some woman who's actually about her business and you know who looks like they're successful and you know speaks what they're knowing about definitely soak that in but don't ever listen to some old con game you know uh, type bullshit you know what i'm saying but if it's a woman's a means you know soak that in definitely soak it in and uh you know take all you can because you know that knowledge from an old head is is priceless it really is so that's all i really wanted to say about that and then um all right so um let's see here uh the next thing we're going to talk about on the summer jam screen is just a little bit of inspiration for people in omaha specifically black folks uh we're going to talk about uh, noble johnson and his brother george johnson uh, they created the Lincoln Motion Picture Company, which is the first black film production. Uh, the, uh, the, his bro- Noble Johnson was an actor, and uh, you know he was in some films with Roy Rogers. Um, did a bunch of silent films and uh, just regular motion pictures. Uh, he would play everything from a Middle Eastern guy to uh, you know Indian or Native American, and uh, it was a brother. And uh, his brother, George Johnson, actually worked here in Omaha as a postman. And uh, they started that Lincoln Motion Picture Company. And uh, the reason for them starting a a film company uh, was to show blacks, you know, as, you know, normal people and not caricatures and, you know, not in blackface, some white person in blackface, uh, you know, would do what it be, boss, and, you know, talking like that and shit. And I do declare and, you know, all this other, you know, just, yeah, just coonery pretty much and uh so yeah he created so he's like fuck it let me create my own company so his so he hooked up with his brother george who was in here in omaha and they started the company um the the films they this was back in the early 1900s so the films were only shown in like churches schools and uh special uh coloreds only theaters um they was making a little bit of noise uh with it um and then a white investor came in, you know, to, to, to try to make the company more profitable. Um, but the uh, the company actually went under just due to, uh, you know, sabotage and not uh, reaching to a wh- wider audience. I was about to say wider audience, but that's what it meant by a wider audience. A wider audience means white folks. Uh, they didn't, you know reach those type of peoples and only showing in uh, schools and uh, churches and things like that. And then on top of that, uh, Noble, uh, he was acting out in Hollywood, so he really couldn't run the business like he wanted. So that's when that investor came in. Uh, Some more shady shit happened. And so the company went under. But that's just a little gem for uh, people who want to, you know, start their own thing here in Omaha and, you know, and just to keep thriving, you know. Um, And one lesson that you can learn from that is you know if you're going to start a company you got to go all in you know so like i said before you know learning from the past and learning from ogs about what you can do to move forward and capitalize off of their successes and things like that or capitalize off their failure see where they went wrong and where noble johnson went wrong and his brother george you know noble had two feet in the game he's acting over here and he's trying to run a company and the shit didn't work out you know so 
it's a situation where if you're going to start a company you're going to have to be in dive in head first and you have to treat that like you're nine to five you can't be dibbling and dabbling and shit like that so that's just something that you can learn from uh, i thought that was a little unique gem you know for omaha most i think most folks know about it hopefully but uh moving on on the summer jam screen we're gonna put uh sean king black lives matter and a, a former well black panther elaine brown up on the summer jam screen so elaine did a uh interview uh with uh i think it was spiked um online and she basically said that i don't know what black lives matter does so i can't tell you how it compares to what the black panther party was i know what the bpp was i know the lives we lost the struggle we put into place the efforts we made the assaults on us by the police and government i know all that i don't know what black lives matter does uh so if you can tell me i'll give you my thoughts so she goes on to say there is no comparison uh the next wave of young people running out here who are complaining and protesting about the murders of young black men and women by the police all all over the country they will protest but they will not rise up in an organized fashion with an agenda keyword agenda to create revolutionary change we advocated community self-defense organizations to be formed so that we would not be assaulted by the police so that we would bear arms and assume our human rights again human rights over civil rights and um you know she goes on to say that you know uh, uh this to me is a plantation mentality you know it smacks of master if you would just treat me right and has nothing to do with self-determination empowerment and a sense of justice or anything else um and she is keeping it 200 percent on that because all it is is pretty much uh you know the the whole operation has been co-opted you know you got a uh, 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 people funding it who don't look like you know uh the people who started it and uh that makes them puppets you know they can you know string you along either way so they got and there was a story that broke a few months ago about them receiving huge grants and certain and sudden things like that and uh yeah so um yeah elaine was not wrong um you know sean king came out you know and did an interview talking about that elaine brown joined the panthers once they were two years in and they wasn't that you know strong and the black lives matters movement is at the same place but the thing with the blm you know they're funded by a guy named george soros who's you know a uh who's a donor for to hillary clinton and you know he can you know he can pretty much pull the strings of anybody in that damn group and sean king was basically saying that you know he's comparing black lives matter to the black panthers saying that they're you know when she joined it was still in the kind of the infancy stage and it's the same thing here and that on december 5th they plan on uh they meaning black lives matter blm plans on releasing a a list of companies that they want black folks to boycott um that's their plan and they're trying to basically uh start a second you know um boycott like with the uh the cell well the uh, alabama bus boycotts you know during the civil rights era with dr king and all of those folks that lasted well over a year so uh, we'll see what what comes from it you know we I, I feel like folks do need to demand more of this group because uh, right now it just looks like they're just taking money to be out here in these streets um you know just marching and holding up signs you know telling folks that my life matters you know but at the same time you know you really have to you know do something other than just shouting and hey look at me 
you know, and doing media disruptions and things of that sort. So I understand where Elaine was coming from. And we'll see what happens on December 5th with this whole uh, boycott thing and what companies are they, they're planning to boycott, you know. So uh, a lot of folks feel like BLM is all about, you know, uh, you know, uh, a gay rights organization. That's what they feel like it is. Just going through the website that they ran and it was talking about it listed everybody except for uh, black men about uh you know what they plan to do and what's the goal of the organization so we'll see we'll see it's been looking funny in the light for a minute um it's been looking real real funny so yeah we'll see what happens with that um but you know i, I still stand by you know uh, elaine brown's uh criticism you know because i've been saying the same damn thing you know we really need to get an agenda out here and you know you always have to be careful when you know the media and other propaganda machines start pushing the leader out there to you you know like oh this this is who's leading you now because so, somebody's behind there putting the battery in their back and pulling those puppet strings so that's just something you have to keep an eye out for so make sure you check out that article on atlanta black star um you know and they got some more words from sean king but you know i think people were very critical of blm this was back in the summer uh, even nope out in the spring, you know, asking them, you know, what's the agenda and all this other stuff. And so they typed up an agenda for BLM and it looked pretty similar to uh, Bernie Sanders uh, campaign uh, platform. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll definitely see what happens. And then uh, I guess moving on to uh, the uh, still still on Summer Jam, but a different different object we're going to put up there. I guess we'll put Hove up there. Uh, he is being reported by Genius, uh, formerly Rap Genius, that uh, Hove is being the first rapper ever to be nominated for the Songwriters Hall of Fame. So 20 years in and uh, he's nominated, you know, as the first rapper, you know, uh, in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. So I guess we got to give Hove his flowers. So shout out to Hove. Um, keep doing your thing. And uh you know, even though uh, you're not a biter, you're a writer for yourself and others. You say a big verse, you're only bigging up your brother. So, I feel you on that hole. So, uh, much uh, love and respect to you. But, as always... Don't be the next contestant on that Summer Jam screen. I smoke rocks. I smoke rocks. Thank you, Tyrone Biggins. I'm proud of him. He's being a very productive citizen. And uh, he's doing his thing, you know, he's still smoking those rocks, but he takes time out, you know, to do a drop, you know, on the on the podcast. So I appreciate you, Tyrone Biggums. All right. So moving on to selling hope like dope. So you're cleaning out your closet. You're like, fuck, I got to get rid of all these jean jeans I got. You know, I got to get rid of these boot cut jeans because skinny jeans are in and these skinny jean wearing niggas is flaming me. You know, every time I step out or every time I post a pic of my fly kicks on IG, you know, I got these old ass, you know, FUBU shirts, you know, these jerseys, this Fat Albert Platinum FUBU. Excuse me, I got these um, busted ass uh true religions you know that was hot for one minute and uh you know what i got a bunch of fitted caps but they ain't in yet so they're uh they're all about the snapbacks now but uh you know what i think i'm gonna be a good citizen and uh i guess i'll just go ahead and donate these to the goodwill 
so you're thinking that and you're like oh shit i got a bunch of old sneakers too i got a bunch of these old mark echo sneakers that i should go ahead and throw in the bag and yeah i'm gonna go ahead and take them down to my local goodwill stop what you're doing okay so uh the omaha world herald is running this expose on uh your man's uh frank mcgree uh, the ceo of omaha goodwill uh and this man is making money hand over fist boy he is getting p-a-i-d that's why my mom's hate me like they broke down his salary from 2014 so his base pay was two hundred and forty nine thousand dollars and that's just what he gets paid he had an incentive bonus to hit some certain numbers which was ninety five thousand dollars that year he had a retirement and deferred pay, which was about $52,000 contributed to his retirement fund. Um, health benefits and things of that sort totaled up to about $13,000. And then he had some other compensation, which was a country club membership uh, for him and his wife, which was about $3,600. And he had a retention bonus that year. Of, let me stop you guys right here. He had a retention bonus for him staying on for goodwill for him to stay on goodwill was like you know what here's five hundred and nineteen thousand dollars so my man made nine hundred and thirty three thousand dollars a year almost a million dollars being the ceo of goodwill omaha and that's fucking bananas okay and what's even more crazy is how you think that you know the the goodwill mission is you know you donate your old clothes they sell them they use those profits to fund job programs and to help people with disabilities and shit like that so you're like oh i'm doing a great thing and last week i talked about how the haitians uh didn't want you donating to the red cross because so much money actually went to the staff and the higher ups as opposed to actual fun um actual causes not funds but causes so uh you this is this is a prime example right here and uh, uh shout out to the omaha world herald for running this expose they're running one like every single day like breaking this shit down and goodwill omaha it's uh tax exempt so they're not paying taxes on anything right because they're doing this whole jobs program for uh people who just got out of jail for uh people with disabilities shit like that uh but the other jig of this is that they got other higher ups making six figures also and one of them is his daughter and she's only a retail manager and she's making over a hundred grand so the jig is up there i just it, it is so high oh actually it's very low i mean you ain't even got to look up like it's right there in your face like all you gotta do is like hit like a head down you're like oh i can see all of the jig right here and um it it's wild. They Goodwill paid this man five hundred thousand dollars to retain him, to keep him. That is fucking wild. And uh, and they basically, the man's been with the company for years. So Goodwill Omaha officials they said that uh, you know McGee's uh, McGree's uh, compensation recognizes both his success over 30 years and the charity's need for top-notch talent um, and it's uh, it's very odd it is very odd and they're talking about you know how they give back to the community and all this other shit 
And did you guys know that with those programs that they're doing, uh, especially specifically with the Goodwill Omaha, such a small percentage actually goes back to those job programs and you're like, well, double? How, how the fuck are they funding this? They're funding it through our tax dollars, through federal grants, um, state and local funds. They won't say taxes, but they say state and local funds on top of federal grants. So basically, when little Crip Crip come home and he has to fill out job applications and go to this job program for Goodwill, it's coming out of our pocket, most likely, if it's not coming from a federal grant. And, um, and then the other jig is uh if they are giving back specifically the disabilities program a lot of these goodwill stop this but uh federal law says that you can pay a person with disabilities less than minimum wage i bet y'all didn't know that because they're not performing at a rate that's uh similar to an able-bodied person i guess you could say and so in goodwill omaha they're still practicing this and you know what's wild they're, they teamed up with a local company that does hair rollers. You know, uh, you know your, your grandmama or your great-grandmama, you know, roll her hair up at night and all this other shit. So they team up with this company, and they have these disabled people and these people who just got home from doing the bid. They have these people um, taking, like, these huge things of rollers that's made in China and then sit in a room and put those rollers in a bag that says made in america and then they sell them in goodwill which is wild so you got a company that gets rollers from china and then sells them to goodwill and goodwill puts them in a in a packaging that says made in america and then they sell them to you now that's just fucking wild like the jig is just so close in our face it's so close like this is the older i get the more that you start looking the more that i become a half glass you know not full but empty type guy just being well i won't even say that i'm just being I'm, i i put everything under scrutiny i should say like the non-profit jig is just wow like this man is is just getting paid like and they were comparing his salary with the ceo of uh the goodwill in iowa in iowa city and i think they do either two or three times more business and i think she makes like a hundred grand less than him so that's something else right there and and in iowa city they were comparing and contrasting uh they they donate more to their programs and to the causes and uh man i don't know who he fucked over, but good. I mean, the Omaha World Herald is just going in on this situation. And so I say to people that you really just have to, you know, I would say stop donating to the goodwill. Until this changes, stop donating because you think you're doing a good thing, but you're not. The jig is just right there in front of your face. I'm putting it there. I'm holding part of it. I'm showing it to you. I'm trying to break it down to you. You know, so, you know, donate to, uh, you know, those different uh, thrifts, New Life Thrift. Um, there's all kind of thrift stores, St. Vincent, um, just all kind of thrift stores all around town. You can donate there, but I would say fuck Goodwill, you know, because they they shooting straight for the jugular. They're treating this like a profit business. It is supposed to be a nonprofit and a nonprofit means basically you're running an organization where everybody is getting paid, but you're taking your profits 
and you're investing it back into a cause or to the community. And uh, man, they they're doing it. They're technically a nonprofit, but they running this shit like a for-profit business. And uh, man, it's just wild to just think of that. Man, it's just, ooh, that is tough, boy. That is very tough. Yeah, but it's about 13 people under McCree that's making over 100 grand. That is, man, that is wild. And then uh, it's against federal law for them to, uh, to, with the rollers, the hair rollers, to package those and say that they're made in America. But they got around that by basically, because beforehand, um, they were just claiming that it was made in America or having people stamp it or some shit or putting a sticker on there that said made in America after they would package them. Now, the bags that they put the rollers in, the retail bags that they sell them with, you know, to peg them on the shelf, they're, the bags already say made in America. So technically, they could tell the federal government, well, we're talking about the bag. The packaging is made in America. You know, how crazy is that? Like, they are just jigging it up, boy. Just... Boy, that jig is so low, it's about damn near to my knees right now for me just keep on talking. And uh like just go to uh go to uh, dataomaha.com. Like it man man, this is they and then they got an article about uh ex-workers, you know, complaining about the profits first culture in Omaha with the goodwill. And uh, man, it is just ooh. And the city council, well, county officials, you know, they're trying to determine uh, with all the money that Goodwill is making, does it still deserve tax exemptions? It is, and then people who are donating and shopping there are like, how are you going to fix this? You know, what the fuck are y'all going to do to fix this? But this man been with the company for, what, 30 years, three decades. And so on top of that, you know, they rewarded him back in 2014 with, you know, 500 grand. So, you know, they show what their, where their loyalty lies, you know. And, uh, yeah, Goodwill is out here just selling hope. Like, damn dope. That is crazy. Like, they are just, it's pretty much like if you were in the drug game and basically you just had, like, people bringing you cocaine or heroin like residue and then you had enough you know for a brick so many people keep bringing it you just keep piling up bricks and you just selling that shit and you might throw somebody twenty dollars at a time you know what i'm saying you might then you know you know you might invest in like a barber shop you know what i'm saying and you making millions upon millions of dollars that's, that's how i would break it down for my street cats so you got people bringing you all this little little half a nicks and uh half a two dollar you know a dollar rocks and shit and you breaking that down putting it back making a brick and then you set then you flooding the streets again you know what i'm saying so you getting residue from the connect and then you turning that residue into a brick and then you just out here just shelving it and just you know uh selling it wholesale to other little street dealers and shit like that and then they like hey man you know we up here polluting the community da 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 you're like oh my nigga i just you know i get y'all that barber shop over there got three chairs in it you know that's that's what it reminds me of so Man, just wild, crazy, just, man, stop fucking with Goodwill, y'all. This portion of Do-Rags and Boat Shoes has been brought to you by the letter L, as in, Hey, yo, my guy, my hands are full, give me a hand here, can you hold this L? 
All right, this L comes straight from the Lord. It really does uh, because uh, uh, Pastor Terry Melinda and his wife Brenda was arrested back on the 22nd. And they had a congregation fraud scheme going on. So this uh, and there was another member of the church. They were basically frauding the church. They were taking money from the church and trying to invest it in some uh, some overseas money markets and all this other shit. Uh, some investors gave sums ranging from uh, forty thousand dollars to four hundred thousand dollars. And uh, one church member uh, said it didn't come as a shock to him. It was more of a sigh of relief. You know, one time he asked the pastor, he said, hey, that's a nice car. And he said, yeah, a $100,000 car. If you save up your money, God's going to bless you. Come to find out it was actually part of our money. So, uh, yeah, you really got to hold this L. Um, and churches are also tax exempt. Don't pay taxes on anything. And, uh, yeah, they really got to hold this L. The L is coming straight from the Lord. It's not for Lord. It's for loss. So, uh, you know, stop scamming, folks. I've witnessed it firsthand. You know, uh, uh, members of my family and uh, friends, they'll, you know, give their last penny to the church. And it's like, you going to pay this light bill or you going to give your tithes and offering? You know, I think God wants you to pay that light bill because he don't want you sitting up in the dark. But, I mean, you can't read that Bible by candlelight. So, you always be just kind of, you know... You know, there's a prominent pastor here that, you know, that was allegedly hanging out with uh, some drug dealers and some bloods, you know, pulling up in a spider, you know, in front of his uh, church. And, uh, hey, you know, it is what it is. Do what you can to keep the lights on, but stop uh, praying on uh, people's faith. And I'm not talking about with P-R-A-Y-I-N-G. I'm talking about P-R-E-Y-E-I-N-G. So stop praying on them. Um, you know, God don't like ugly, but, uh, you know, a lot of these pastors, uh, you know, they live by the mantra, you know, uh, you know, don't ask permission, ask forgiveness. So it is what it is, but you know, those two, that couple got to hold that L when they in them, uh, prison stripes. You win. Perfect. All right. So not all heroes wear capes. We have to give it up to Scottie Pippen. My man is still out here playing amazing defense. Even though he's hung up that Bulls jersey, he's hung up that Rockets jerseys, and he he hung up that uh, Trailblazers jersey. He's hung it up, but he's still out here playing amazing defense. If you have been under a rock, uh, Future and uh, Larsa Pimpin, uh, I'm sorry, Pippen, not Pimpin, who knows, um, is the have been you know hanging out together getting cozy and uh you know what uh scotty ain't having it he's uh filing for divorce and he wants full custody of the four kids uh they've been together almost two decades so uh you look at that and you're like oh shit you know uh he probably got back he got what it was back in 97 so if it's been 19 years yeah so back in 97 on the fifth title run and um you know, like I said, he was playing great defense because he had a prenup. So uh, he wants the uh, prenup amended, though, because he doesn't want to pay her alimony. So she can't just take half because of the prenup. But there is something in there about paying alimony. But, you know, Scotty was still playing defense, you know. And uh, so we're going to see what happens. Uh, they're saying that the cause is future. 
um, a rep for Larsa said that uh, she uh, that the split is over an intense argument they had about Scotty moving back to Chicago uh, to do uh, an ESPN job, which is some bullshit. Um, other people are saying it's because Scotty was flirting with somebody, so Larsa was like, "Oh, okay, you know, let me just go fuck Future." So who knows what's going on? Uh, other people are saying that uh, Scotty isn't a fan of uh, Larsa trying to be the next Kim K with all this Instagram bullshit and always partying and stuff. And funny thing about that, uh, my wife uh, follows Larsa. I guess Larsa used to be on a Housewives season or something. She follows her on IG. And uh, and she was talking about she thought she found it funny that, you know, over the past few months or weeks or whatever, she hasn't been posting family pictures or pictures of her and her kids or her and Scotty. So it's just been her at parties and things like that and hanging out with uh, Kim and just being trying to be a socialite. And uh, this woman is, what, 41, 42 years old? And uh, she's still trying to, you know, trying to regain her youth. Because, I mean, if you think about it, um, this woman is in her early 40s. So you go back a decade, that was in her early 20s. She didn't have time to wild out. You know, she just got married to uh, somebody who was a dime older than her. And, uh, yeah, so she kind of lost that. So maybe she's trying to regain that youth, get her some young dick, and, uh, you know, trying to live it up. And because uh, she didn't have that time, you know, in her 20s to just kind of wild out. You know, she was being a wife of a successful NBA star. So. Yeah, that, that really does happen. If you don't have time to wild out, you know, you'll start breaking hearts and wilding out down the line. You know, you start sensing that, you know, with women, your looks might be fading. You might still try to step out, see if you still got it. Fellas, you get a little flabby, you know, dick ain't getting as hard as it used to. So you start popping Viagra, hitting the gym tougher and trying to holler at the young gals and shit like that you sending dick pics with your gray pubic hairs and shit like that so you know you gotta really wild out in your 20s get that shit up out your system and uh so you can build something constructive and be a great role model for your kids you know if y'all about that swinger life y'all do that behind closed doors you know don't go out here exposing folks and shit like that you know so it is what it is but uh scotty shout out to you for having that prenup and you know always playing great defense and uh if it's true about what's going on with future uh larsa you could have chose somebody better because this man has what five six kids and uh he's not known for taking care of them he's a very emotional being you know he gets on twitter ranting and shit like that but uh hey do what you can to keep the lights on all right so last portion of the show is health over wealth you know what i say Without your health, you can't enjoy your wealth. And sticking with the theme of today's show, you know, I said, you know, always look back, reach back, listen to OGs, look at past situations, and see how you can take those situations and those experiences from those people, apply it to yourself, and thrive. You know, whether they failed at something, you see where they failed at, and you're like, hey, I can't make that mistake. You see where they thrived at, I'm like, hey, you know, you saw that where they thrived at, and you're like, okay, that's dope. I could take that one step above. You know what I'm saying? So always soak in that game from OGs, uh, from old heads. And like I said, even an old nigga will give you some advice. But you have to sift through the bullshit to find the jewels. You know what I'm saying? So this quote comes from uh, Dr. Uh, George C. Frazier. Brilliant brother. Uh, you know, if you get a chance, go to YouTube and check out some of his uh, his lectures. 
very, very, very brilliant man. Always talking about networking and, you know, how to build your networking. That's the most important thing is relationships. So he says, your ego is not your amigo. Simple, plain, you know, sometimes you got to humble yourself and take that damn advice from somebody. You know, you got to. You, you sometimes your ego will get you flying so close to the sun you know your wings burn off when you come crashing to the ground and you look back like oh shit i should have listened to somebody so you know always check your ego at the door especially if you are soaking up some game from some people older than you and from people that's more successful than you you know those people could be younger um you know look at their success and what they've done and how you gonna get there don't ever come into a situation where somebody's more successful than you and then your ego does the talking you know and start asking uh bullshit ass questions like how much you pay for this and how much you get do that just ask how how did you get that how did you attain that how did you get here you know or don't even just be just some salty ass hating ass person you know who uh just looking like they swallowed a shit you know look like they swallowed a turd don't be looking at somebody like that just soak in that game and fucking listen you know so the key is to listen soak it in and apply it all right so much love and respect to all of y'all and i will see y'all next week one present democratic administration in Washington, D.C. The whites were evenly divided. It was the fact that you threw 80% of your votes behind the Democrats that put the Democrats in the White House. The, when you see this, you can see that the Negro vote is the key factor. And despite the fact that you are in a position to, to be the determining factor, what do you get out of it? The Democrats have been in Washington, D.C. only because of the Negro vote. They've been down there four years. And all other legislation they wanted to bring up, they brought it up and got it out of the way, and now they bring up you. And now they bring up you. You put them first, and they put you last. Because you're a chump. A political chump. In Washington, D.C., in the House of Representatives, there are 257 who are Democrats. Only 177 are Republican. In the Senate, there are 67 uh, Democrats. Only 33 are Republicans. The party that you bass controls two-thirds of the House of Representatives and the Senate, and still they can't keep their promise to you, because you're a chump. <laughs> Anytime you throw your weight behind a political party that controls two-thirds of the government and that party can't keep the promise that it made to you during election time and you are dumb enough to walk around continuing to identify yourself with that party, you're not only a chump, but you're a traitor to your race. I know you don't like me saying that. kind of person who come here to say what you like. I'm going to tell you the truth whether you like it or not.